The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle Hyman, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who believes anything you can do during the weekend, you can also do during the week. Josh Borboni, how are you doing this evening? <laughs> I, I, I'm good. I definitely don't believe that. Uh <laughs> I'm very limited to what I can do uh, on the weekends, and I definitely have a hard time doing that during the week. <laughs> but we're podcasting during the week again, Josh. We've done this so much lately. That's okay. I'm okay with doing that. We used to podcast during the week, didn't we? Do on Tuesday nights originally? We did back in the day. Yeah, back before in my schedule kept changing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm happy to uh, just as you are. I'm happy to accommodate you as you are to me. So. Uh, whatever works for us is best. So I'm well, okay with that. I, I do appreciate it. So, of course. Um, but Josh, how was you know your weekend? How are you? You feeling? How, how are you recovered <laughs> yet? How are things going? How was my weekend? My, my weekend was blah, 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 blah. <laughs> my weekend was okay. Um, we did our family uh, day. We went to the to the ballpark to watch the AAA uh, baseball team, the Woo Sox, the Worcester Red Sox. Uh, so that was a lot of fun. Um, Sunday, I took my son out, and it was really about uh, mom, because uh, mom's birthday is mom. My wife's birthday is tomorrow. So we went out, uh, the two of us, uh, on Sunday to get you know get some gifts for her and spend the day together. Sundays is, is father and Sunday. So we went out to the mall. We went to the, went to the Lego store. Uh, I had forgotten, I, I knew it was May 1st. I had forgotten that, oh, well, I knew that the Horizon Zero Dawn Lego came out in May, but there wasn't yep. a date. So on our way out to the mall, we stopped at the bookstore, we stopped at Barnes & Noble. I just figured I'd pick up my phone and check and see, and it was, it was available. I was like, ooh, it's out. So I checked to see if it was available locally before I bought it online, and it was available locally. So we made the trip. Uh, we got to the mall 20 minutes before the mall opened, so we became like Walmart uh, <laughs> mall walkers. We walked to the to the Lego store, and there was about 50 people in line outside the Lego store. And I was like, dang, what the hell's going on? Um, all the Lego Star Wars stuff dropped for May 4th. Oh, gotcha. Um, okay. And unfortunately, in that hype, also people bought all the Talonics. So... I did not get my Horizon Lego. So while we were waiting in line and someone behind me asked if they had any left, and the lady's like, no, sorry, we sold out. Um, I ordered it online because I was like, well, it's still available on the website. And then about 30 minutes after, I got an email saying it's backordered. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. So now I'm did just you, in holding. <laughs> did you check like Amazon or anything? Amazon isn't even listed on Amazon anymore. Oh, dang. 
Sold out on Best Buy, not even listed on Target anymore. (laughs) Josh, do you want to hear something funny? Yes. I mean, it's not really funny. I don't even know why I I said that. Uh, So I am someone who has not purchased a Lego anything since I can't tell you when. I have no idea last time. Yeah, I I never bought Legos in my life. Yeah, I'm not a Lego person. Haven't been in a really long time. And I went and visited my mom this weekend. And about 11 o'clock Saturday night, just laying in bed. It's kind of looking at my phone, dinking around, and Mario 64 tweeted, hey, the long neck is available now at the Lego store. And I was like, you know, why not? So I ordered one. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> yeah, but it is still listed as in warehouse. So uh-huh. basically it says that, hey, your order is confirmed. We're just really, really busy. So it's going to take a bit to get to you. Yeah, uh, but it is confirmed. I is actually I've been even been told I cannot return it at this point. <laughs> like I am not allowed to cancel my order because it is listed as in warehouse. Uh, so eventually I will be nice. getting this all neck, Lego, cool. which I'm pretty excited about. Yeah, I, I was this was total whim shopping. I had no real intention of getting this. Yeah, but then I was like, you know what, my office it needs something else in there. Let's order a tall neck. Why not? Very cool. That's awesome. So I'll have to let you know when I get it or if I get it, because like I said, this was, you know, a few days ago and it's still listed just as in warehouse. So yeah. we'll see if I ever get it. <laughs> but then I noticed, Josh, that they have like succulent, Lego succulents and Lego orchids and all of these things you can get. Josh, who knew? We, we who got knew? we got Lego succulents for the wife and we built oh. it together and we're giving it to her tomorrow. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, actually, because I actually thought those. I'm like, man, those actually would look actually would look nice in my office. Like, yeah, they actually <laughs> looked really nice, and it was a fun build. Yeah, I didn't get I into did. Legos until my son. I hadn't play. I hadn't. I didn't even do Legos too much as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I was doing it with my son, I just kind of found them to be very uh, cathartic or like relaxing to a degree yeah. where I really felt no stress at all, and. But I'm like very specific. Like I don't want to just like I'll get him whatever. Like I'm happy to build him. Like we built him a NASA rover, Mars rover, lunar sorry lunar rover, not Mars. Um, but like I have like the Tie Fighter and the X Wing and the International Space Station and and the bat. I I gave him my bat tumbler. Uh, he kept asking for it. And I was like, yeah, you mentioned that. And then he immediately broke it. So I was like, okay, so I have to surrender some of these things. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it's a lot of fun, good stress reliever, uh, but expensive. So I can't keep getting myself. Like, yeah, I did notice how expensive they are. Uh, so I, I may I will be pretty selective of what I buy in the future. But like, I, I genuinely do think with all of the things that they're coming out with and how quote unquote adult some of the things are. Yeah, like I actually legitimately could like build these things and put them in my office, and it would be completely reasonable. They look very nice when you're done. Yeah. So yeah. Gotcha. Well, anything else? Any other adventures for the weekend? No, that is it. How about you? Well, like I said, I went and visited. <laughs> excuse me, I went and visited my mom. So yeah, you know, just some driving and visiting, and uh, yeah, it was good. It was nice. It was, I hadn't been up there since January, so it was nice to go up and catch up, and had a nice brunch on Sunday at this nice little brunch spot that's not too far from her. And I had my first seltzer coffee, which I had never had before. Seltzer coffee. Ooh. Yeah. So like they like coffee spritzers and things like that became a became big like a year or two ago and i'm someone who really enjoys coffee but i also was like eh, i don't know about this trend i don't know if i was totally buying into it but i'm also someone who's like you know 
I probably should at least try something once before I completely poo poo it. Sure. Um, you know, in a situation like this where there's like really no danger to me, right? Like it's not like I'm gonna put my my life at risk. Uh, it was fine. I don't know. Like I I know some people, especially some very uh, astute coffee connoisseurs, are are big about like seltzer coffees or like they'll. Uh, make espresso and then they'll like put seltzer water in it and you have to like make sure that it's like that's so weird yeah i for me i think it really enhances the metallic taste of a co- of the coffee at least that's what i felt like when i drank it sure uh, which was fine but it's not something i want to drink a lot of uh so yeah. i don't know but like i said i know that some people who are super into coffees think like it's like the best way to drink and consume coffee but for me it was fine um okay josh our pre-game topic uh yes i, I was one of the podcasts that I listen to uh, every year or most years, they did the last couple, obviously, because of the pandemic. Um, they basically do a game where they try to guess the order of the top 10 films at the box office for summer. Okay? Yeah. So they call it the summer movie wager. Uh, it's the, 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 the podcast is the film cast. If you want to listen to it, it's really good. Okay. I do enjoy it. But um, so they do it with this thing called the summer movie wager. And universally, all of them picked that Jurassic World Dominion would be mm. the number one movie for domestic box office this summer, beating out any of the Marvel movies, you know, so Doctor Strange, which is right around the corner, Thor, yeah. like they are all said Jurassic World Dominion going to be number one. So, Josh, I just wanted to ask, you know, Jurassic Park, if I had to pick like my favorite movie of all time, Jurassic Park is definitely one that I have thrown out as the answer to that in the past. Yeah. So. Hey, Josh, just in general, what is your thoughts on the Jurassic Park movie franchise as a whole? But okay. also, Jurassic World Dominion. Are you excited? Do you think it's going to be any good? Do you think it's going to perform as well as other people who are, you know, quote unquote experts when it comes to movies think it's going to right. perform? What are your <laughs> thoughts on Jurassic World in general, but specifically Jurassic World Dominion? Well, Jurassic Park in general, I'm actually, I would say, uh, a pretty big fan of this the second and third movie also, which I think I'm definitely yeah. in the, probably in the minority of. Um, obviously, they don't hold the candle to the first one. The first one's mm-hmm. still almost like a perfect film, and it holds up so incredibly well because of all the practical effects, which is right. you know, what you want. <clears throat> uh, Jurassic World movies are fine. It's fan service, right? A lot of people complain about fan service. Um, but I really like Bryce Dallas Howard and Chris Pratt in those movies. Um, I don't know that there's a Jurassic Park movie I don't like. Okay. Uh, but it's kind of like it's not as bad as like Matrix sequels. But I mean, you know, you're in the same ballpark. Like they don't really like hold up to the first one and and um get a little messy plot wise in the second and third right. movie. Yeah. Which is fine, you know. I, you know, the, basically, the reason why number two and three were still successful is the reason why Dominion will be successful. It's because it's returning characters that you miss. Yeah. And by the time you get to third, you're like, you know, Sam Neill, come on! Like, I'm so glad he's back. He carries this movie. Um, maybe Taylor Uni does a little bit too, but like, you're relying on these friendly faces. So, um. Yeah, I think Jurassic Park Dominion will be fine. I think it will do great at the box office because it's playing on nostalgia. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be the 40-somethings who have who had kids that are more practical age than I did, whose kids are already <laughs> teenagers. Um, 
who are like, hey, you know, like you grew up watching these movies that we showed you from our childhood. And now we're all going to go see like Jurassic World Dominion together because now you have the parents' favorites and the kids' favorites in the same movie. And I think it will do well. I mean, the trailers look incredible. Like, I really do think that they are doing what Jurassic Park 2 should have done, right. which is handle the civilization aspect better and at least more thoroughly because, like, it was just kind of cheap, like the end of Jurassic Park 2 is really when the only time we saw like the dinosaurs on the land. And it was very brief um, and anticlimactic, if I'm going to be honest, in my opinion. Um, so like the when we see like uh, dinosaurs roaming the uh, like open valleys, like if they were horses, like that seems really cool to me. Um, right. Or like a motor Jason Bourne motorcycle chase. But it's Velociraptors. That seems really cool to me. Um, so I'm excited to see that. I'm not really thrilled to see the part where they're like, "Oh, they made him bigger." Like <laughs> it's just Jeff Goldblum looking at a newly a new lab created dinosaur. Like the realistic part is out the window once we realize that these people haven't learned in 40 years about not genetically creating new dinosaurs. Right. So. I mean, we could probably we. It's like Fast and Furious. We might see a T Rex with wings. Like, who knows what we're gonna see? <laughs> I don't think that will. I don't think that will happen. But I mean, like, uh, it could go to space. Who knows? But uh, um, I think it looks good. I mean, I don't get to see movies in theaters so much with a kiddo, so yeah. You know, so it's hard to get dates. Like, I'm trying to figure out if I can get to Doctor Strange without it being spoiled, and like, it really has to come out on Mother's Day weekend, really. And yeah. I have my nephew's birthday party this weekend, Mother's Day. And next weekend, I have two birthday parties to go to on Saturday and Sunday. I'm like, I don't know when I'm going to find time to, to go see Doctor Strange. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I'm sure you just want to go see it for the Avatar preview, right? I, I, I need to see the Avatar trailer in theaters. I'll still yeah. watch it at home, but, um, yeah. you know, I, I, I love Avatar. I think it's so, uh, I think it's yeah, I, pretty stupid we've waited this long for a sequel though. <laughs> it's been a long time. It's been a long time. The uh critics are able to go see Doctor Strange like now. Like this is the premiere is happening it. right now actually. Yeah. Um and apparently so they like people have already been tweeting out about uh the trailer for Avatar 2 <laughs> like what it looks oh, like. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it is getting for however much we joke about, you know, whether Avatar was as good as it should have been or should be the, you know, like yeah, people clearly are caring about this Avatar two thing. So I'm sure Sam Raimi's thrilled that Avatar is stealing the thunder from his own movie yeah, right. that it's premiering in front of. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I really, really want Jurassic World Dominion to be good, but I don't think it's going to be. Sure. With that being said, am I going to be a sucker and see it? Sure. Well, will it be in theaters? I don't know if I'll go see it in theaters, but I'll definitely see it at some point. Yeah. Uh, and you know, a lot of it is because. Kind of like you said, like fulfilling the promise of like what should have happened a really long time ago of like, hey, you know what? Dinosaurs and people, we're just doing this thing together now. You know, we're we're going to make this happen. We're going to see how this goes. I'm interested to see how all that works out. Having, you know, Sam Neill and Laura Dern back obviously is a big draw too. Um, you know, as someone who like loves the original movie as much as I do, I'm a sucker for nostalgia sometimes. And yeah. this is a situation where, you know, I probably will go and see it and just because I want to see that. So I am not uh, confident that the movie is going to be any good. 
Uh, but I am pretty confident it is going to do very well, kind of like you said. And I think a lot of people are going to go see it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm hopeful. I hope it's really good. I hope it is a return to form because overall, you know, Jurassic Park, when, when Jurassic World did as well as it did in the box office, I was actually shocked. I didn't think Jurassic World was going to be as successful at the box office as it was. Yeah. Um, and then seeing Fallen Kingdom pretty much follow it up and, and maintain that pace shocked me even more because Jurassic World is fine. Like, it's a fine movie, right? It's yeah. not great. It's not bad. It's totally fine. Uh, I think Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is definitely worse than Jurassic World is. Sure. Um, but and yeah, in, in all of the series, they are they're treading ground that had already previously been tread. But yes. now we're finally going to the place where the previous movies really almost got to right we we got we got some dinosaurs in the city but like not for reels reels right Right. so yeah i'm excited to see i I think conceptually this is a concept i'm very interested in that could be done really well or really horribly yes (laughs) yes so yeah so i'm excited that it's going i want it to be good i will definitely see it i don't actually think it's going to be good uh, but I do think it's probably going to do very, very well. Uh, what is if you had to pick, you know, off the top of your head, like, do you have a movie you're looking forward to most this summer? Oh, man, I'm so out of touch with like theatrical releases at this I point. I know. It's so um, weird. I'm really looking forward to Doctor Strange and obviously Thor. Um, there's probably something coming out like in July that I'm super excited for that I can't even think of like like what's coming out um i've been really like um i just should just do movie releases 2022 right um i've really been into horror like a lot recently probably because of the podcast i'm still listening to but um i'm just like x is coming to uh on demand soon it's like uh has britney snow has uh kid cuddy in it it's basically like uh almost like texas chainsaw massacre vibe Mm, mm -hmm. um so i'm really excited to see that but um the more i see the buzz Lightyear trailer the actually the cooler it looks okay Uh, yeah and i think i could probably take my son to see that um uh everything everywhere all at once as i said right Yes, I need to see that. Uh, I I probably won't get to see it in theaters, so I'll, I'll end up just probably paying twenty bucks to rent it at home because I really want to see that. The Bob's yeah, Burgers movie looks so like so much fun. Right. Um. What are what is your excitement level for Nope? I'm I'm very excited to see what it is. I'll yeah. see it. It's Jordan Peele. I love Jordan Peele. Yep. Um. So I'm very excited for that. Uh, and you know what? I think he's, I think he's a genius. He's not showing anything about this movie. Mm -hmm. And that's something that, uh, has been in the conversation. Like sometimes I'm always like, I just really wish sometimes that a theater never, uh, that a movie never showed trailers. And it was Mm -hmm. just like, you get the director, a brief, like a, a teaser. And then that's all you know about the movie. And like unbreak, unbreakable was really good with that. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They you, they never released a trailer that actually showed you what the movie was about. It was always just Bruce Willis post train crash. Um, 
So you didn't even know it was about comics until you saw it in theaters, <laughs> which I thought was genius. Um, and I'll add the Northman to my list um, because uh, it's by the same director of The Witch. Mm, and yes. um, I really like him. I, I mean, it doesn't help that I'm blanking on his name. And Men from 24 looks very interesting as well. But I'm going to be like... I'm that quirky film guy. I'm I'm gonna be Lucas right now. I I like film. <laughs> I can't wait for Top Gun Maverick. No, I mean Top Gun Maverick would probably be a nostalgia filled crapshoot, but I'll still watch it. <laughs> I will say, uh, early impressions of that are actually exceedingly high. I mean, I Scientology aside, I I have so much faith in Tom Cruise as uh, an actor and um a visionary for film like mm-hmm. there's no way he'd put out a bad movie i, I did mean, just see that there's an eraser reborn movie coming out not with arnold schwarzenegger but same idea i think that could be pretty terrible <laughs> just, just to clarify you did see the mummy right i actually didn't hate the mummy um i thought it was fine it wasn't great but uh he did a great job in it i didn't I like mean, the story the way the story was played out Right. And I don't know that, uh, especially, and not that we need to like get into picking apart the Tom Cruise, Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know that Jack Reacher, the sequel, I think the first one was decent. I didn't even see the Jack Reacher films, actually. Yeah. Because I have Mission one. Impossible. I have no need to see Jack Reacher. <laughs> yeah. I do love the Mission Impossible movies a lot. And I, mm. I do think overall, again, yes, um, all of the his personal things aside, uh, in general, Tom Cruise is usually a pretty safe bet for putting on at least a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah like because oof man i love gosh i love mission impossible so much <laughs> it's like it's, so it's such much. a great it's such a great series one of those movie one of those series where uh every movie is good yeah it really is. even even mission impossible 2 is good in its own right yeah it's, I mean, that it's one, the worst out of all of them <laughs> it is the worst out of all of them uh but you know but, even but we haven't we seen think- motorcycle stunts like that since that movie it's true. We have not. And it's just kind of interesting, too, to think that, like, you know, Mission Impossible 3 was, like, J.J. Abrams, like, kind of big yeah. thing. And then Brad Bird did um, Ghost Protocol, who had, you know, really only done animation. Like, it's really interesting for how successful that series was for the directors that they had, you know, especially early um, in there. And obviously now, you know, they've pretty stuck, pretty much stuff stuck with Christopher McQuarrie. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. He said the reason he keeps doing them is because he can't get another job in Hollywood. <laughs> Nobody else will hire him. <laughs> well, so. you know what? Tom Cruise probably shows up on time. He probably knows his lines. He's probably well, wow. easy okay. to work with. <laughs> okay. Okay. And he shows up in shape. I'm like, you and know, he's in shape. Yep. So awesome. Okay. Well, hey, that's enough movie talk. Obviously, if you want to hear us talk more about movies, you can definitely check out Dollar Cinema. But with yeah. that, thanks so much for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're proud to be part of the PSVG Podcast Network, and we encourage you to check out all the shows on the network, like the PSVG Podcast, the Nintendo Shack, PSXP, and Dollar Cinema. Uh, you know, keep your keep your ears tuned because you never know when something new might come around. And we're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network. So if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So with that, Josh, what have you been playing recently, sir? Well, Kyle, what a good question. That's I mean, asked. I know it's coming every week. <laughs> uh, so I'm still 
uh, <laughs> this is going to sound so weird to say this. I still feel horrible at night and in the morning. Uh, okay. So um, I haven't been doing anything um, at night that, other than laying down. Um, I okay. was able to watch some TV in a movie or two, but really uh, I only have energy for about five hours a day and it's in the middle of the day. Uh, so I haven't played any video games. I played one video game. It's called RoboQuest. <laughs> it's okay. an early access on Game Pass PC. And it's very much in line with like Arcade Again, or that game I was telling you about Gunfire Reborn, where you are playing as a robot. What I think is cool about this one is you can jump on your enemies' heads and it and it, it's the first person though, and it does bounce you like Mario almost when you're jumping oh. off these robots' heads, but it's just like you don't want to practically do it in combat. It like it doesn't make sense, but it's in the tutorial and you can actively do it while you're playing, but um there's like rails in some levels where you jump on it, you kind of grind through it, but you're fighting other robots. I don't know, necessarily know if you're a robot. I think you are. But you pick up a bunch of different weapons. They're ranged, they're they're they change in color like Borderlands on rarity. Mm-hmm. I think probably purple or or uh gold is the highest level. Um, and they're all very unique, different types of weapons that you get. So one of them's even like uh, robot gloves that you put on that are do like uh, melee attacks um, to sniper rifles, to shotguns, SMGs. Um, and the levels are typically done in a run fashion. And if you die, you go back to a main hub. If you complete it, you go back to the main hub. Um, and you kind of get ranked as you're going through. I had to change like the sen- mouse sensitivity or the, or the controller sensitivity. Like I had to lower it like sixty percent. It was so crazy, like okay. all over the place. Um, but it was a lot of fun with what I played with it. I do plan to play it some more. Um, but for an early access game, it played great. Um, I really enjoyed my time with it, and it didn't get deleted. I tried a couple other games, uh, which aren't even notable because I deleted them after playing them for about three minutes. So okay, just kind of games I had sitting around um oh shredders i did try shredders which is on xbox pc and uh uh, console Mm -hmm. game pass i guess i shouldn't say xbox console like it's xbox and pc uh actually that wasn't too bad i actually did i did uh enjoy my time with that it's a little tongue-in-cheek it's australian Mm -hmm. uh uh, humor i guess (laughs) uh it's australian accents and humor put together it doesn't, they, they might not be mutually exclusive. Um, <laughs> actually, I didn't mind that either. A lot of the beginning was tutorial. It did take me a little bit to get used to the controls because it's not quite SSX tricky and it's not quite um, steep. It's mm-hmm. somewhere in between the two. Okay. Um, but that was fun. I mean, if you have Game Pass, I would say check it out um, because that's on both console and PC. But I believe RoboQuest is only on PC. Um, now I do have a new game in my radar. That's Dune Spice Wars, which oh, is yes, now yes, yes. in early access on Steam. It's 30 bucks, so I don't know that I'm going to pull the trigger yet. But if I do find myself having some energy and time, um, that's on my radar too, because it's basically, uh, it sounds like it's a Dune civilization type game. So that is interesting to me. Gotcha. Very cool. 
But that's Anything it. Anything else then, sir? Okay. Well, Josh, I've been playing a couple things that are more of the same and a couple things and one thing that is new-ish, but also maybe more <laughs> of the same. Uh, <clears throat> so still so playing Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. Uh, I looked up on how long to beat. And we said that the main story is 15 hours and then the main plus extra is like 23. And you're Josh, like, I no, feel right? like I've been playing this game for like way longer than that. <laughs> like, I really feel like I've been playing this game for a very long time and I've mm-hmm. very far in it. So I don't know if I'm just doing something wrong or what is going on. But man, this game, like, I'm still having fun. I actually yeah. am to the point where I have <clears throat> some guns that are absolutely owning. But, like, I don't even have my fourth, like, weapon slot unlocked yet. So <laughs> I am just, yeah, it, I don't know what the deal is. Uh, but I'm still having fun, having a good time, uh, you know, walking around, killing mushrooms and zombies. And, well, I guess I haven't actually killed zombies. Maybe I have, I don't know, skeletons, things like that. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, there are definitely some jokes that have made me laugh and things like that. So I'm still having a good time with it. Still having a lot of fun. Uh, and then the other thing that I went back into, because uh, I found something out that I felt really silly about, was Vampire Survivors. Uh, you might mm-hmm. remember that Vampire Survivors is, you know, this game that was three dollars on steam and i know josh you were not a huge fan of it necessarily um, i did not like it i just saw that the value matched like quality <laughs> yeah 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 so you know you just move around and everything auto attacks and you just start picking up you know power-ups try to make your character as powerful as you can uh and you have to get the kind of max that you can get is to play a le- play a level for 30 minutes like that is like the end game and then uh this like ultimate um character zombie enemy thing comes and just kills you there's nothing you can do to kill it like you're just going to die right yeah uh well i was having a really hard time getting to 30 minutes i was getting to like 20 pretty like consistently but i could never get to 30 minutes and i was like what are these people doing because everyone seems to say that it's so easy to get to 30 minutes like why do i suck at this so bad so i just stopped playing for a while and then i was you know looking at my steam library and i saw that there had been a couple updates for it that i hadn't really done anything with and then I was reading the review for it, like on there. And then I noticed, Josh, that they talked about like permanent upgrades. And I was like, wait, what? There's permanent upgrades in this game? Yeah, I saw that from one of the streamers that was playing it. And Josh, I've been playing this game. I had all this money <laughs> saved up, but I had never unlocked any of the permanent upgrades. Yeah. So then I went and spent this money and unlocked the permanent upgrades. And in the first game I played, then I got to 30 minutes. <laughs> so i was like oh here we go i felt so stupid i'm like (laughs) why did i never click on this little options thing here to see about these upgrades i felt so dumb but i got there and it is still really fun that they're consistently like giving out um you know new heroes and new levels and new things so that game you know like i said if you're looking for to just spend up to 30 minutes but even if you don't take you know the whole do a whole run but if you want to just try like a different combination of characters or a starting character and a different level like it's a good time i I really highly encourage it the last game then josh um is a game that i've played a ton of but not this version i haven't played a ton of (laughs) um but i put myself out there because i almost never play like actual like legit legit pc games yeah Uh, and i jumped into the overwatch 2 beta josh now there's a lot of feedback going on about the Overwatch 2 beta, and I am going to add my feedback to this mix. Um, <laughs> and I'm going to do so as constructively as I possibly can with a lot of caveats. Caveat number one, this is the first beta for Overwatch 2. Uh, there were a ton of betas for Overwatch when it first came out, and Overwatch, even through the betas to like what it is today, especially, is very, very different. Granted, it's been like six years, but in yeah. general, like Overwatch changed a lot and they iterated a lot. So this is really kind of like step one of the of the feedback process, right? Um, 
also I'm trying to keep in mind the fact that I have played, you know, 1700 hours or whatever it is of Overwatch, right? So I'm coming in with a lot of baggage yeah. as to how, how I expect Overwatch should play, right? Or how I anticipate Overwatch should play. Uh, so with all that being said, um, way back, whenever it was decided that they were going to call this Overwatch 2, they yeah. definitely did themselves a disservice. <laughs> because this game does feel, if you've played 1,700 hours of Overwatch, this sure. game feels d- very different. It really, truly does. It feels like a very different experience. However, if you are someone who played Overwatch a little bit or occasionally, um, or maybe played a lot at the beginning and haven't played since, if you jump back in, this probably is not going to feel very different to you. And in a lot of ways, to me, it almost feels kind of like the yearly Call of Duty release but they just didn't do it for six years, okay? And what I mean by that is if you play a ton of Call of Duty, the Call of Duty release from year to year feels different. Like, the game feels and plays different. Time to kill is different. Like, all these things, like, can you slide cancel or not? How many attachments can you put on your weapon? How much bullet drop? Like, all these things are things that you have to take into consideration when you play a ton of Call of Duty, just like Madden, right? If you play a lot of Madden, the year to year releases of Madden probably actually feel slightly different. Whereas for somebody who maybe plays Madden for 10 or 15 hours and then doesn't play it again until the next one comes out, it probably feels very similar. So for Overwatch 2, that's kind of what this feels like, but it's just been six years, right? And a lot of the decisions they have made have given distinct advantages to the most fun roles to play and distinct disadvantages to the least fun roles to play, which seems like not the way you should do it, right? Um, If you are... Now, Tank universally, traditionally, had been actually a role that not a lot of people liked playing. Tank wasn't something that... It's for people like me who aren't generally good at the game, but it makes you feel good when you start off playing. Well, I think yes, but also the hard thing with Tank is like... Tank 100% relies on teamwork for you to be successful. Like, there's only so much you can do as a tank that if your teammates don't follow you or go with you or, like, execute on the space you've created, like, it's all for not. You just need a healer supporting you. You need a healer supporting you. You need your DPS shooting at the right targets. Like, you just need all these things to happen. Otherwise, you just feel like you're not doing anything, right? Um, Other than dying over. Dying a lot. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. right. Well, with Overwatch 2, they went down to one tank, but they also. Be, made the tanks much beefier so they can all brawl really well so you can go in like 1v1 dps players now without much issue at all you kind of could before but now like you can like jump in there without really too much issue of going down they also took a lot of the crowd control so like anything that would stun players or stop players or slow players or freeze players that kind of used to be spread out amongst all the characters that is now only tanks for the most part who can do that which from a positional sense makes sense right you're the one creating space you're the one who's going in first like you're the one who's trying to control where your team is going so it makes sense that you'd have the ability to do those things yeah the problem with that is though is since you took out one tank and you removed all crowd control abilities that means and you made maps that are more open because you only have one tank you got rid of a tank too so there's less shields things are more open you made maps that are more intricate with more flank routes that leaves your supports all by themselves to take on DPS who are flanking and they have nothing to do to support or save themselves, right? All they can do is help each other because the DPS and the tanks are up fight up front fighting things. Yeah. That one random, the other DPS who came back and flanked, they're just left out to dry now. So when you're a support, it just feels 
bad. Like if you are like, some people will say this is good that really the individual skill of like each player matters significantly more than it used to. Right. The problem is the DPS they got a they have a passive boost now where they move faster than they used to, and the the supports have a passive boost that they that they heal automatically, but they have to not take damage for a while for that to kick in. So as a support now, you're trying to fight a DPS player who's moving faster than you can and is yeah. moving in ways that you can't <laughs> and is more powerful with the damage they do that negates your ability for you to heal, right? Yeah. Like, it is really just makes it feel bad right now to play support. And I have no doubts that once people play the game longer and understand how everything is supposed to work and all of these other things that they do to make Overwatch, the, you know, for Overwatch to kind of settle back into what it is and what the meta is, that will vi- figure itself out. It almost always does. But is anyone going to stick around for that to happen? That's the question. Right. And it, it's just one of those things that I see what they were going for, but like it just really feels pretty cruddy. And the other thing that they did is they added a scoreboard now that's available all of the time. So you can go in, and it used to be you just got like medals, and you, you could see your stats, but you could see anyone else's stats. Now, I know exactly how many eliminations everyone on my team has, how many deaths they all have, how much damage they've done, how much healing everyone has done. Like, you can see all of that. Yeah. So if you want to talk about people getting toxic and getting ticked off at one another, now you have all the data to point at to say, like, look at how crappy you're doing compared to me. They're making it competitive for the the casual players. Right. And what's really frustrating is that those things, while it seems like they should matter, they really don't. Because, uh, like, and I'm, like I said, I'm getting really deep into this, so I, my apologies to the listeners. You just don't care about this at all. But the reason <laughs> this doesn't matter is if I'm a DPS player and I spend my entire time shooting at a tank who has 650 health and I bring him down to 300 and 300 and 300, but the supports keep healing that tank back up, I'm going to do a crap ton of damage without ever actually killing anyone and just feeding the alt of the support on the other team. That's all I've done. Right. Whereas if I'm a DPS and I kill the support who has 250 health, I did way, way less damage, but I actually did something that mattered. But the right. stats don't tell you that. And that's what's just so frustrating about them putting these in here. And to be very honest, like, I've kind of crushed in this beta. Like, I've done really, really well, actually. And I think it's just because I have enough aware game sense of from playing Overwatch long enough. Yeah, I'm not, like, some super great, like, my aim is awesome player. I just like know the sound cues and I know when people are trying to flank me, like I can just hear that stuff because I've played the game long enough. Yeah. So I can get out of the way and I can go and like do my thing. And like every time universally, my stats have been really good. I've only lost like two rounds. Like, and I'm not saying that to brag. I'm just saying like, (laughs) it's one of those things that like having knowledge of the game is still what the most important thing is, but no one seems to think about that right now. Everyone's just like, kill everyone else. And it's like, well, I mean, no, like, yes, but no, but like, yes, (laughs) it's yeah. So like, they're going to have a lot more betas. I'm really interested to see like when Overwatch League kicks off this weekend, I'm really interested to see what the pros are doing because they're playing on Overwatch too. Like they're playing this five V five. Basically the beta we're playing right now is what they're going to start their season on. So I'll be very curious to see what they're doing and how that does or does not emulate what we're seeing in this beta. Um, but it's kind of all over the place. There are definitely some things that are really great. This new sound effects are really awesome. Overall, the graphical upgrades, I think, look really good. Um, I like enjoy I enjoy the new game mode, the push. I think it's kind of fun. Um, overall, even though the maps are a little flanky and have a lot of places towards thing, it also means you have a lot of escape routes, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so like there, there are some things that you can do there. So I think there's a lot of positive going on, but 
man, if you are just jumping into this game without a lot of experience and you're like, oh, I want to be a support player, like you're probably gonna, it's probably going to feel bad, like really bad. <laughs> um, and if you're a DPS player, unless you know, like to not just shoot the tank in the head the whole time, like go after the DPS, go after the sports, go after these things. Yeah. Um, yeah, but we'll see I'm going to keep playing it from time to time. Um, I'm not I don't hate it, but I also am not like, oh, I want to give up my like overwatch one per se for it right now right. um if this was what it was like i don't know i don't know if i'd keep playing it as much as i do overwatch but we'll see maybe that'll change with time so anyway there's my rant about overwatch too i guess <laughs> with that, I, watch, Josh, I watch a lot of streamers play it and everyone i everyone i watch play it just kept saying that and you kind of you kind of address it like it, they don't see uh that much of a difference besides graphically and the 5v5 instead. Um, and I watched, you know, I watched a bunch and even there was even one where I watched where someone was playing Mercy and literally no one was moving the tank, the cart. Yeah. And they were like, I guess I have to move the cart because nobody's doing it. They're all just yep. pressing. Yep. And they would just immediately be killed because they're not supporting yeah. anyone anymore and no one's around them. They were just on a team full of people engaging the other team instead of having a strategy on a map that I've even played dozens right. of hours on like well, with yeah. my limited uh, overwatch time <laughs> well and it's just simple things like you know uh Widowmaker, the who's the sniper character like there's only really like one shield in the game now like that's yeah. pretty much like it's just reinhardt shield so like having to like play corners and like trying to avoid her line of sight is just insane because she can one shot you from across the map and when you're support you're like i have no way because i'm not moving as fast as the dps is I have no shield to protect me. Like, how do I get from here to there to heal my team? Right. Like, I have no way to get there, you know? So I, I think there's going to take a lot of relearning. And I think that's part of the reason that um, people who played a lot of Overwatch maybe are not as thrilled with it because you can't just do what you did. Like, there are some right. things that generally still help, but in, like, you can't just be like, yo, tanks, I'm going to follow you out because like their shields last for like whatever small thing they can do quickly to like, yeah you know absorb damage goes away before you can like clear any of those lines of sight and then you're dead so yeah but awesome okay well with that josh okay. what is your first topic this week <clears throat> well we've talked uh for months about <clears throat> who's gonna buy a square enix microsoft or sony we know like one of them is gonna buy a square enix right like and then i think we talked a little bit we're like well they probably don't even need to be sold because they do so well in the western market um <laughs> uh, well we got an answer to our question and, and i don't think it's uh by anyone we even considered as an option no. but i think it kind of makes sense now uh because we talked about these people as well uh so the embracer group has entered into an agreement to acquire idos idos uh crystal dynamics and square Enix montreal amongst other assets now we talk about embracer group a few times because they picked up some board game studios, they picked up some yeah. video game studios. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't have all the information that I probably should have, but uh, essentially, they have something like fourteen thousand employees now under them. Yep. <clears throat> uh, but uh, what this means is Embracer Group uh, is now adding uh, a catalog of IPs, including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Cain and more than 50 back catalog games from Square Enix Holdings uh, Company Limited. 
Uh, in total, the acquisition includes uh, 1,100 employees across three studios in eight global locations, with the total purchase price amounts to around 300 million US dollars on a cash and debt free basis to be paid in full at closing. Um, Bracer Group has also secured additional long term debt funding commitments, blah, 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 boring stuff that you don't care about. What I did think was interesting that I read today was um, that Microsoft had paid like $100 million for Tomb Raider exclusivity for one year, and <laughs> yeah. how crazy in comparison it is that now Embracer Group owns Tomb Raider yeah. <laughs> for only yep. two-thirds more of yep. a one-year exclusivity. Yep. Uh, <laughs> so the collection of studios represents a worldwide class, uh, world-class creative team of 1,100 employees across... Oh, I just read that. Sorry. Um, the studio possesses a unique ability to deliver blockbuster hits decade after decade. Um, the acquisition brings a compelling pipeline of new installments from beloved franchises and original IPs, including Tomb Raider. Uh, there's so many other um, games that will be coming along with this, but uh, we don't really need to get into the weeds about all of this, but uh, surprised uh do you care? What does this mean for um, the future of, well, let's just say Tomb Raider as an example? Yeah. What do you think? So, su- surprised? I mean, kind of, right? Like, if you told me that Square Enix was selling part of their studios and it was going to the Embracer group, that to me is surprising, especially when yeah. you just think about, you know, Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal. Like, these are studios that have developed games that we like and gamers like, right? Yeah. But, but when you hear the price that they paid and the studios that they're getting and how we've often heard but always didn't understand, like they talked about how like Tomb Raider never sold like they wanted it to. Guardians of the Galaxy yeah. was a disappointment. Like everything was always a disappointment, right? Well, clearly it must have been because when you're selling these studios for $300 million, including 50 IP, yeah. right? And you think about the fact that PlayStation bought Insomniac for $229 million, right? You're buying, you know, I mean, I, I, I feel like this price is if you had said they bought Crystal Dynamics for $300 million, I'd be like, oh, okay, that I could see. Right. But then, you know, as information has been shared throughout the day, you learn that, like, these studios really were making basically no money, like, in comparison to Square Enix Japan. Like, their Western studios really were barely, barely in the black, right? Like, just scraping by as far as, as that goes. Um. So I am Embracer's big, right? You know, 124 internal studios, 14,000 employees when this is all said and done. They're a yeah. big player, you know, and my hope is that this will allow them the freedom to continue to make, you know, Legacy of Kane or Thief or Deus Ex or the new Tomb Raider that we already know is in development and that they'll get the time and resources to do those things. But when you think about what Embracer Group has done with their games traditionally, like they very much aim at double A games right yeah. is this are these studios going to be the exception are they going to be allowed to put the time and money in because clearly square enix showed that if they put the time and money in they can't get the return on investment yeah it's so, so, weird. so is embracer going to allow them to do that <clears throat> yeah you know i think that the bigger surprise to me is that it is just a fraction of square enix and i just assumed it would be them as a whole Right. Um, and and for more money, but uh, it just is real interesting because this also includes Hitman as well. 
So, I mean, I thought Hitman 3 was successful. I thought I think Guardians... I think IO still owns IO Interactive, I think bought Hitman when they spun out independent. Oh, okay. I I'm just reading Hitman Terminator Deus Ex. Uh, but maybe that's just an example of Oh, that's Square Enix Montreal. Consists okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I'm pretty sure when IO left they took Hitman with them. Okay, all right. That was part of their separation. Uh all right. Yeah, then I don't know why they were there. But anyways, uh just to make me look like a fool. Um but you you hit on it, um or you you mentioned it a second ago, but basically uh where this leaves uh Embracer Group is um, the U.S. is now their number one country by number of games developed, uh, including Canada, uh, which would be number two. In total, uh, Embracer will have, like you said, more than uh, 14,000 employees. They're going to have 10,000 engaged game developers. They have 124 internal studios. And their upcoming content by Planet will include more than 230 games, with more of more than 30 of those being AAA games. Um, the this acquisition will bring additional sales to Embracer's current AAA segment. And Embracer will have one of the largest pipelines of PC console games uh, content across the industry across all genres, which is kind of crazy when you have to remember Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo are in that company, right? Like that's wild. So you know what? They better hope they do something good with this, <laughs> yeah. Com- like because they. They can't afford to fail. They have so much, so many things going in their favor. It's kind of crazy, uh, right? But I guess it makes sense. It's kind of like when we keep seeing um, who's that prince who keeps buying game studios. It's like the profit, it's like the like as many as many shares as he can in game studios, or like ten cent buying up all these studios. I don't know why Embracer seems less threatening, but it does. <laughs> Well, I, I think part of it is that Embracer has obviously traditionally been super multi-platform, right? Like, they let their yeah. games go to anyone who wants them. Uh, and that, for me, is part of this that is, like, nice. Like, I know that Tomb Raider will now still go everywhere. Thief will go everywhere. Deus Ex will go everywhere. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, this is... <sighs> Never mind what I was going to say. That's not important. Here's <laughs> my question for you, Josh. Yes. Do you think, like, Embracer could have been the only ones who knew like were potentially interested yeah do you think this is a situation where playstation xbox were like now we're good where we pass thinking about what i like all of what's said and done i i would imagine that my playstation and microsoft would have wanted the whole thing right not they would want square enix like the whole thing they wouldn't i don't know that they would just want to although if they had the opportunity to just buy what this what embracer did they're foolish for not doing it you think so? Why is that? I think so. But just, just. Can you imagine? Okay, so PlayStation gets like two meter exclusivity forever. Like that would be pretty but good they already for have PlayStation. Uncharted. We're not getting more Uncharted. Yes, we are. No, maybe there's not. No in the next way year. we're getting more Uncharted. With how successful that Uncharted movie was, was it? We're definitely getting successful? another Uncharted movie. At the Uncharted movie? I didn't think it was successful. It made big money. I'm not Did saying it? it was good. I'm just saying it made oh. a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what are they going to do? It can't be with Nathan. Like, is it going to be young Nathan Drake? Now? There is going to be, I would say within the next three years, we will have another Uncharted game. I would be, not saying it's I would be, be surprised. Game. Not saying it's Naughty Dog, but we will have okay. another Uncharted game. 
Okay. Well, maybe in a world where there is another Uncharted game, which I didn't think there would be. Maybe Tomb Raider. Well, no. Tomb Raider is still its own game. People were still mad. The PlayStation people, I don't want to say the the word that people don't like uh, from PlayStation fans, uh, but they were not happy when Tomb Raider had that exclusivity with that, uh, with Microsoft. Right. Maybe they were just mad because it was Microsoft, but probably. Um, I just, I don't know. I don't. I, I feel like three hundred million between uh, with, with what Microsoft's paying and what Sony's paying, it's nothing to them. Yeah, I, I just think of when I when you look at you know these studios, like and what they're best known for. Yeah, third person action. Well, games. Microsoft needs a, a third person action game. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, they have enough studios now who can do those things, right? So to me, right, if I am Microsoft or Sony, Square now is way more attractive to me than it was before, because you have the three studios who clearly were making the least amount of money out yeah. of out of there. Like Microsoft isn't here, and Sony isn't here to make tens of millions of dollars they're here to make hundreds of millions or billions of dollars yeah you're right and the profit margins really they're only about like 0.13 percent profitable at the end of the year so yeah you're right Right. you're right with that maybe it doesn't make sense for them to do that so because now i'm like hey neither of us neither student has a really deep strong japanese studio presence or jrpg presence on their platform right they have some things but nothing very big so right now to me if I'm either of those companies, Square Enix as is without those is actually way more attractive than it was with them. Because I already fair. make the games that those t- that those companies made. We already have those. And you could take three hundred million off the price tag. Right. <laughs> I mean, I still feel like it should have been more than that. This seems so cheap. I would uh, ridiculous that we're talking about three hundred million dollars being cheap. But it seems I think so it cheap. seems cheap only because of the deals that were made previous to this. If yeah. if if Microsoft didn't buy Zenimax for the price of a country, I think that That's it true. wouldn't be as crazy. That's true. Well, and you know, when you, also thinking about you know PlayStation, who's like, hey, we're, you know, live service games, live service games, live service games. I mean, Crystal Dynamics live service game was not that good. <laughs> You know, like, sorry, Marvel's uh, Avenger. You know, like, I know it should never have been a live service game. It should have just been right. What it, what I enjoyed about it, which was the campaign, right? And I will, and I'll be honest. Like, I know people didn't like Guardians of the Galaxy. We both loved it. I, I don't know why people didn't like it. It was our game of the year. It was so good. I know. We thought it was great. So, but well, Josh, anything else about Embracer Group picking up the Square Enix Western Studios? You want to talk about? No. <laughs> How long? When does the next Tomb Raider release, Josh? Keep in mind that Crystal Dynamics is still working on Perfect Dark. That, that, I know, that and they had to issue a statement place. that they were like, "We're still working on it." Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't really know. Like they they wrapped up their trilogy, right? So yep. I don't know that there's a rush. I mean, uh, said they came out during the Unreal thing and said they're working on it and using Unreal Five. We're only. Uh, uh, Nine months into next generation consoles, is it even nine? No, uh, no, it's been over a year, Josh. It's been a year. Yeah, uh, time is crazy. I know. Right? Uh, so we're we're like, if they're gonna, if they're gonna, if they were planning on focusing on a next gen Tomb Raider, which would make sense, mm-hmm. I think we're like a year away from the next Tomb Raider. Like twenty twenty three seems reasonable. Man, I'm more like twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, I think it's gonna be some time. I think. Uh, the last Tomb Raider looked so good that I don't know that they're so far generationally away from a good next-gen game. 
yeah, I just wonder how much. Unless they're going to go UE5. If they're going to go Unreal Engine 5, then yeah, you're probably right. 25. They are. Okay, yeah. so They've, 24, yeah, 25 then. Yeah, so. Okay. Cool. All right, Josh. Well, for my first topic, one of our favorite segments is back. That's right. We're going to be answering the Board Gaming subreddit's most burning questions, but we're going to go rather quickly just to make sure we get through all of our topics this week. So, yeah. Josh, here we go. From user Pocket Buckle. <laughs> if you sleeve your cards... Uh-huh. Do you prefer the opening to be on the top or on the bottom? What kind of sick psychopath would pick the opening to be in the bottom? <laughs> what? How, what? <laughs> I'm not Josh, answering that question. <laughs> Josh, and the reason I wanted to ask is the very first comment is, is this a troll? I refuse to answer that question. That is a stupid question. So, um, no, but the reason they asked is because there was a Kickstarter campaign that you could get custom sleeves for, but when they posted the pictures of the sleeves, they put them upside down. So this person thought, like, so they were like, why would you put the things at the bottom? So they was just confused. Like, why would you do that? But anyway, I just, I thought it was so funny. Anyway. Oh, well, um, well <laughs> okay for the, the next one from pdx tabletop handling losing gracefully i lose my friends a lot i play often <laughs> with a couple that often destroys me and it really hurts my pride in, in my mental acumen i never show how disappointed i am or verbalize it but i get really bummed when i come in last place and it isn't even close how do you handle losing and how can you get better at games overall can you imagine like willingly do something that you claims <laughs> hurts your mental acumen like dude don't do it if you have that hard of a time losing uh oh i was gonna sound like a jerk and i don't want to sound like a jerk uh i handle losing because i look at the bigger picture and i look at how much fun i had while i play yeah now if i play a game where i have had zero fun and i lose i just won't play that game again right uh so take stock mentally while you're playing and think am i having fun and is it more can i quantify this fun as more fun than like overall how i'll feel if i lose and if you think that at the end of the day if you lose it basically erases the amount of fun you had then it's not worth playing and it's not worth um you're essentially wasting your time uh i can understand how that can be challenging for people because especially if you're playing with a group of friends you want to be included as well and i understand like not being included in in um like friend group activities can like feel like you like you're missing out and even in some cases it can feel like um you're there, like working you out of their equation. Uh, I can relate to that real hard. Uh, but it ultimately comes down to like, are you having fun? And also like, are the people you're with uh, aware that you're not having as much fun? Are you like communicating with them? How bad it makes you feel, especially if you're taking it home with you and it's right. sitting like, that's something you need to communicate, but uh, 
I, when I play games with my friends, I often lose most games, but right. I almost, almost always have a ton of fun uh, when I play and be social too. So um, maybe the the key is to to not become a sore loser and become like a team player. I don't know if that like makes sense, like uh, sports analogy wise, but um, <laughs> just think of the bigger picture. Don't think about you losing as ruining your time playing. Think of um, how much fun you had while you were losing. Yeah. I mean, I tend to think when I'm playing games, I usually am quote unquote playing against myself, right? Like yeah. I am trying to like, figure out how I can play the best game that I can play. And that doesn't mean I'm going to win all the time. And sometimes I'll play a game and sit down and say like, okay, for this round or for this, you know, this time that we play this game, I'm going to try X strategy. And it might just be a complete bust, but that's fine because I learned, you know, like whether this is going to work or whether it's not going to work. And I had fun doing it, you know? So I, I think not worrying or not focusing on trying to beat the other people, but playing the best game that you can play. And if you do that, and especially if you start, playing like the same games over and over like eventually you're just going to get quote-unquote better at them too right like yeah. you're going to figure out what works and what doesn't work some people are just going to pick you know the strategy that works best sometimes be, yeah maybe they are super smart and they just can figure it out other times maybe they just got lucky you know like some there are most games have some luck in them you know yeah. so it's not always that you're bad at it um it's just that sometimes things don't go your way but i always try to find the little things to focus on uh because like josh like i lose all the time i lose way more games <laughs> than I win. um <laughs> But for me, it really comes down to trying to focus on the small things, focus on the things that I'm trying to do and, and trying to play the best game that I can play, you know, and constantly evaluating the information I have and things like that. So, yeah, it comes with time. And like I said, once you lose enough, you get pretty good at it. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you just got to be a good sport. That's all. Yeah. All right, Josh. Now, semi related question, but slightly different from user R470L1. That might stand for something. Yeah, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> How do you deal with people who throw their game away just to make you lose as opposed to try to make the best of the game? <laughs> ah, I can relate to this question. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. So I, I don't know that um, I don't know that I ever played a game with someone who intentionally threw their game away to make sure someone else loses. However, mm -hmm. I've definitely been part of games where people have felt that way. Um, about someone and he's listening uh my, my buddy greg is listening this is uh, just kind of a, a running joke we have with our friends like we were playing risk legacy and there was a point where we could unlock a hidden folder if he did something but he also knew if he did what he wanted to do he could just win the game right there and then and we would right. never unlock that folder because it was yeah. so close to the end that we knew it wouldn't happen. And he was getting a lot of peer pressure um, from everyone playing to not do what he wanted to do. But it, and I still am on the fence about his choice, but ultimately what it came down to was like, he knew that if he did what he was going to do, he could win that game. And, and I ultimately agreed with him. Like you want to win, that's what you should do. But like, not secretly, very openly. I was like, but I also want to open this folder. So also, why would you not <laughs> open this folder? Um, so, it's, you know, sometimes um, uh, you just have to know who you're playing with, too. And and I don't think I, I know I, nobody really holds it against them. I think it's now just like a running joke. But uh, I think if it was the case where someone like 
everyone knew that this person was being a jerk just to make sure someone else lost. We just want to play with that person again. Mm-hmm. Uh, or at least that game. Uh, maybe we would just play a more cooperative game or a team-based game. Uh, because I... Uh, when it, like you're entitled to play a game how you want to play it, and as long as you're not breaking the rules, there's nothing technically wrong with that. Yeah. But you also, both sides need to remember that this is a group you always play with. You have to remember that this is a group you always play with. Right. So do you want to really ru- potentially ruin game nights because people now view you as that guy who wanted to take me down with him just so I wouldn't win. Right. I. This is always an interesting question because there are times when it's completely legitimate to do. And there yes. are times when if it's not. If you're a traitor. Well, right. <laughs> and there are absolutely 100% times where you it is like a thing to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's the idea of king making, right? Where like, I'm someone who I can't win. So but I'm going to take actions so that I get to decide who wins by my actions, right? Yes. Like, that is not typically, for lack of a better word, kosher, right? Like it, most games or most gamers don't want you to do that with the exception of if you hosed me so bad that it yeah. put me in this situation, <laughs> this is now your just desserts, right? Like yeah. anytime there's player interaction with a game, obviously you're going to probably have to do things that are going to hurt one another's ability to be victorious. But if you hurt someone so bad that this is the only thing left they can do, that's your fault, right? Like you put yeah. yourself in that situation. So you have to be very thoughtful about like, when are you like a lot of, sometimes people get really upset that they're like, Oh, this person like through the game, Josh, why is your cat staring at you? Just staring at me. <laughs> I know. It's gracious. That's intense. But sometimes people will put like other players in the situation and then they'll be like, well, why did you do that? You ruined the game for all of us. Yeah. But like you ruined their game a long time ago. Right. Like because you weren't thinking about was this person even going to be able to participate in the game in a meaningful way if you continue to do the actions that you did. Right. So you can't be mad at them now that they're doing the only thing they can do to impact the result of the game. When I get when I get voted out of Dead of Winter. Um, wrongly, I make as much noise as possible to make everyone feel bad for voting me out. Yeah, (laughs) so yeah, you're right. I do do that. (laughs) So, and like I said, now the the like for me, the idea of king making of like, oh, I'm friends with this person, things are going well to aren't going well for me, so I'm just going to make it so they win because I made board choices. That's like to me, that's not okay. But if everyone else like in the in the table put me in this situation, to me. You know, that is just the ramifications of their decisions. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's for me. Like I said, it can go either way. There sometimes it's uh, advisable or justifiable. Sometimes it is not. All right, Josh. You can only play. Oh, this is from user Dr. Batkey. You can only play five games in the next five years. Which five do you choose? And this will oh, be my. Question. <laughs> uh Century Golem Edition, easy pick, right? Mm-hmm. Um, can I pick Betrayal at House and Hill Third Edition? Sure, that works. Okay, because <laughs> it's—I think it's technically out or ish, or will be soon. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna put Cloud Spire on that list because Ooh, I feel okay. like once I learn it, um, there's so much replayability to it. Yeah. Um, should just look at my games here, right? 
Uh, man, that's a that's a tough one. Uh, oh, uh, I'm gonna pick like uh, what's a good deck building game for me to pick here? Ascension? I want to pick Ascension, but like I'm so bored of base Ascension at this point. Well, there's gotta be like uh, an oh, ultimate edition for the rest like- of my life. Yeah. Oh no, five games for the next five years. For the next five years. Legendary, yeah. and I'll just never take it down. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And Gloomhaven. This is four. Um Gloomhaven, Century Golem Edition, Betrayal House and uh come on, this is a tough one. This is so tough. Um, 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 um <laughs> And take it to ride. That's a good one. That's a good pick. That's a good pick. Um, this is this is challenging for five games. Uh, I would probably pick Frosthaven. Maybe it'll hopefully it's still oh, good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we'll go with Frosthaven. I would probably pick Arc Nova. Um, okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm also going to pick I do want a deck builder in there, but I gotta you know, this is probably gonna be the DC deck builder. Woof. <laughs> I, Josh, it's just one I'm of those. It's such I'm a comfort kidding. game for me. It just, I, it really, really is. You know, if, if I could pick a big box, though, I would pick like the Dominion big box. Like if I can do that, like, you include that. expansions and stuff, right? Because the big box has them in there. So like, right. if I can like count that, then I would definitely go that route. Uh, and then I'm going to pick. Um, oh boy, I would also. I'm also going to pick Century Golem Edition, mm. and then I'm going to pick. Um. Oh gosh, what's the last one? I'm thinking it's like right there, and I'm uh, the name is just escaping me. I'm gonna guess it's a euro. It is a euro. Um. <laughs> why can I not think of the name of this game, Josh? Is Feast it for Odin? Feast for okay, Odin. okay. That's what I was I'm gonna going go with. with. Um, the L one with begins with the M. Term. Oh, Terramiscan. That doesn't oh, begin gotcha. with an M. No, Feast for Odin. <laughs> so that's what I'm going with. So there you go. Listeners, we'd love to know, hey, if you were only going to be able to play five games for the next five years, what would you pick? Let yeah. us know. With that, Josh, we're going to move on. Um, so what's your next topic? We can do this one quick, too. Uh, did, your freshman memory, did we go over the nominees for this? I don't remember that we did. I don't we think we did. talk about the winners. Did you pull up the list yet or no? Uh, I have not. You want me okay. not to? Don't pull it up. So here's okay. what we'll do. So the Golden Geek Award winners have been announced. This is the Board Game Geek um uh, board game awards so what we'll do is i'm just gonna oh you know what? it doesn't have the nominees so we're just gonna go uh we'll just go through them you can have it up if you want oh okay. uh because it, it just has runners up and i'm not gonna try to go back and find the, the source of wait so it has the winner and runners up it has two runners up yeah winner oh, you can and two runners up. Three, you can just list the three and i can guess one. oh what a smart idea there we go <laughs> all right i'm gonna go bottom to top because i think top is Where's game of the year in here? Oh, it Is doesn't it? matter. Uh, two-player game. Best two-player game. Uh, right. Our nominees are Summoner Wars, second edition, uh, That Time You Killed Me, and Radlands. Who do you think won out of those three games? Were all those nominated for the Dice Tower two, one, too? For, uh, I, I don't... So. Yes. I, was That Time You Killed Me nominated? Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, yeah. I'm going to guess Radla- Radlands. Radlands is correct. Radlands is the winner for two-player yeah. game. Okay. Uh, the nominees for artwork presentation are Sleeping Gods, 
Oath, Chronicles of Empire and Exile, and Canvas. Who do you think uh, won artwork? Well, I know this was definitely nominated for the Dice Tower once, and this is what we picked, so I'm going to go there, too. I'm going to pick Canvas. Okay, the winner was Sleeping Gods. I mean, reasonable. Reasonable. Reasonable, indeed. Fast uh, Cooperative Game. Our nominees are Sleeping Gods, mm-hmm. The Crew, Mission Deep Space, and Micro Macro Crime City Full House. Ooh, this is tough because I think it's between the crew and Sleeping Gods. Um, I'm going to pick Sleeping Gods. It is the crew. Oh, no. Yeah, man, people love the crew. People do love it. Uh, okay, here we go. Expansion. The nominees for best expansion are Lost Runes of Arnak, Expedition Leaders, Parks Nightfall, and Concordia Solitaria. Uh, Parks Nightfall. Uh, the winner is... The Lost Runes of Arnak Expedition Leaders. All the things that I picked to win in the Dice Tower are not winning the Golden Geek Award. So, okay, there we go. This other cat's here now, too. And she is the troublemaker of the group. Excellent. Yes. Uh, All right, where are we? Innovative. Mm. Nominees are Canvas, Sleeping Gods, and Oath Chronicles of Empire and Exile. Uh, innovative is the category? Uh-huh. Oath. Correct. Oath. Chronicles of Empire and Exile wins. Now we have Light Game of the Year. Okay. Our nominees for Light Game of the Year are Canvas, Cascadia, and Seven Wonders Architects. Oh, man. That is three really good games. <laughs> uh, you know, my, I want... Yeah, supposedly. Uh, <laughs> I do really want to pick Seven Wonders Architects, but... We just talked like a week or two ago about how much everyone loves Cascadia. So I'm going with Cascadia. Oh, I also love Cascadia. And yes, that is the winner of Light Game yes. of the Year. Medium Game of the Year. The nominees are Terraforming Mars. I almost said Terra Mystica. <laughs> Terraforming <laughs> Mars, Ares Expedition, The Crew, Mission Deep Space, or Sleeping Gods. Dang it. Uh, everyone loves The Crew, but I'm going to go with Sleeping Gods. It is The Crew. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Dang it. Should have gone with my gut. Okay. And heavy game of the year. We have uh, Arc Nova, Oath, or Imperium Classics. Arc Nova. That's correct. That yeah. was easy. Uh, party game. Okay. We have Don't Get Got, Shut Up and Sit Down Special Edition. Okay. So Clover uh-huh. or Stella Dixit Universe. Uh, so Clover. So Clover. So Clover is the winner. Yes. Print, print and play. Oh, gosh. Okay. <laughs> Nominees are Rats, High Tea at Sea, Gloom Holden, which I, I, I don't know okay. what that is. To look that one Interesting. up. Interesting. And Grim World First Steps. You know what? Let's go with Rats, High Tea at Sea. It's Gloom Holden. Gloom Okay. And Gloom Holden is, now that I'm looking at some pictures of it, a handheld version of Gloomhaven. Oh, interesting. Uh, this is very interesting. Uh, I think this comes in Gloomhaven. Yeah, these are the cards that we never use. And I always wonder what they are. Okay. No, I can't be right because it's print and play. It's print and play, yeah, I can't be. They're similar in my game. Uh, yeah. Best solo game. Uh, nominees are Ark Nova, Final Girl, or Sleeping Gods. 
Well, just like our conversation related to the Dice Tower one, I'm going to pick Final Girl because that's the only one of those that's actually is just a solo game. Nailed it. Final Girl it is. Uh, best thematic game? Yeah. Final Girl, Sleeping Gods, or Oath? <laughs> um, I really want to pick Final Girl, but I'm going to pick Oath. That's Sleeping Gods. Oath. Dang it! Okay. <laughs> uh, best war game? Uh, we have Atlantic Chase, Red Flag Over Paris, or Undaunted Reinforcements. Those are games? Those are all games. Uh, Red Flag Over Paris? No, it's Undaunted okay, Reinforcements. I no idea. <laughs> Best podcast. We have A Board with Video Games. <laughs> this yeah. game is broken. Uh-huh. Or Board Game Barrage. Oh, Board Game Barrage, I'm sure. That is the winner. Correct. Yeah. Best board game app. We have Concordia Digital Edition, Railroad Inc. Challenge, and Gloomhaven. Oh, I would have to imagine it's Gloomhaven. It is Gloomhaven. And that is the last category. I think I did okay. Not Maybe not stellar, but okay. I think you did better than average. Okay, I'll take better than average. All right, Josh. Our final topic this week then uh, is, hey, remember you know a week or two ago when we were like, hey, PlayStation or Xbox needs to do something. Well, Xbox and Bethesda are doing something yeah. in June. That's right. They officially announced that uh, the next Xbox Bethesda Game Showcase will be June 12th. Uh, so, you know, right when E3 probably would have been if E3 was still a thing. Um, <laughs> but right in that same time frame. So uh, it will be at 10 Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, noon in the one true time zone. Um, yeah, and this is both, you know, Xbox and Bethesda together doing a game showcase. Yeah. So Josh, you know, as we have done historically in the past, you know, we've helped these developers plan or these publishers plan their showcases. Clearly. Uh, what would you like to see or what are you hoping to see? We don't need to plan the whole thing, but what is there anything you're really hoping to see at the showcase? Like kind of what would make it a, that was a great showcase for me type of a situation. You know what I don't like that they're doing? They're calling it Xbox and Bethesda when really that's not what it is. They're just, it's Xbox. They own right. Bethesda. They do. <laughs> like, I know why they're doing it, but I don't see why they have to do it. Um, right. It's the Xbox showcase. We knew it was coming in June because this is E3 time. Um, yep. It's not a huge surprise. What am I expecting? Who the heck knows what Xbox has up its <laughs> sleeves? I think we kind of expected a lot of their studios they they um, acquired would have come forward last year just to even give us teases about what was coming. So I expect a couple of surprises from Bethesda. We know that Starfield will be there. That's the going to be their big swing, right? Uh, I wouldn't well, be even, shocked if we saw a new Wolfenstein. I say even to like kind of build off that like the key art for it very much looks like oh, Starfield yeah, is Starfield. going to be yeah <laughs> yes I think even Starfield said that they'll be there so uh, their Twitter thing so I'm excited to learn more about more about Starfield I'm really curious if this is going to be a game for me or if it's just going to be Fallout in space which it could be yeah. which means it won't be for me um, which is fine but I would kind of really like Starfield to be for me it just doesn't seem like it's gonna be. <laughs> uh, I think we'll probably see Forza Motorsport uh, because we're overdue for uh, uh, the classic Forza, and 
we'll probably see something to the degree of like Forza Horizon DLC. I don't know what they have up their sleeves. I don't know where you go from Horizon 3 having Hot Wheels and Horizon 4 having Lego. Like, where do you go next? Right. Like, <laughs> I don't know that you can top those two for racing. Uh, unless it's like Mario Kart. <laughs> that would be pretty weird. <laughs> um, so I, I'm sure we'll see. Bethesda's pretty good at coming out the gates with a game that no one has ever heard of. Uh, so we'll probably get like kind of death loop came out of nowhere while it, it exists, um, loosely based on a game they previously made. Like, like everyone's like, oh yeah, it's clearly dishonored, like spiritual successor. So maybe we'll get, maybe we'll get something new. Maybe we'll get it like a spiritual successor to Wolfenstein that isn't Wolfenstein. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a different like titled game. I don't know. Now, I already know that like people want to see Hexen because people have been talking about the possibility <laughs> of that happening. Right. Uh, I think they could totally make that happen with games like, uh, what was that game you had me play during Extra Life, which was basically Hexen? Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, I know. So oh, they yeah. exist. They, they, yes. it, it, you know, regardless of what it was called, uh, like those games can be made. Uh, I know that we Redfall was delayed, so we'll probably see some more Redfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, uh, besides like probably Xbox announcing another studio acquisition or two, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't really have like a clue about, we'll probably see some fable gameplay, right? I think we're overdue. Maybe not a release date, but we'll probably see some fable gameplay. Yeah, I mean, Xbox has a ton of stuff we know is being developed, right? Yeah. Like, there's, they've announced so many things. There's Avowed, and there's Fable, and there's um, whatever the, the next game from... <laughs> what's their faces? That's really helpful. Guys. The Initiative? No, not The Initiative. I mean, theirs too, but... Um, yeah. But uh, Everwild? Is that what it's called? Oh, yeah, Everwild, yep. Yeah, which, yeah. you know, like, we obviously saw some for that, you know, where that has gone. You know, I forgot about that game. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's what I'm saying. They have so many studios and so many games that they have, you know, started or at least kind of indicated, like, are we going to see the next, you know, trailer or, you know, are we going to learn more about the next um, Hellblade game? Um, yeah. You know, because we obviously saw that trailer last year at the Game Awards, or are they just going to, is that going to be kind of the Game Awards thing, right, where we get more information about that there? Um, do you think they need like a license game based off of like Wolverine and Spider-Man on PlayStation? Well, do you think that we have a license ask, game? Do you think we see Indiana Jones? I think maybe. I don't. I really have no idea how far off that game is going to be. And they had the game that Avalanche was making. The oh shoot, like the junk. Oh man, this is the hard part because I'm not like the Xbox remembering guy. all these games. Yeah, yeah, it's like they had the there was the trailer and there was like the Jeep and there was like the map. And it's oh man, I can't remember all these things. And it's Avalanche because, yeah, Avalanche do well, the one Avalanche, <laughs> the one Avalanche, yeah, the one, not I wonder the, no, if not, it's the one, list. not the other one, what they're working on. Uh, second extinction, the dinosaur game. They don't even have a game listed for post twenty twenty one. Contraband. That yes, I think that's what it was. Contraband called. to be announced. Yeah, contraband. Yeah. So, 
I mean, there's just so much. They have so many irons in the fire, and obviously, the, you know, there's so many rumors about what else is going on. Uh, I I think that it's been a while since we've had like a really meaty show from Xbox, and kind of like we were talking about earlier, you know, we know obviously that Starfield is this fall. We know that um, Redfall is supposed to be this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, we know that Deathloop will be coming probably the Game Pass probably in September, right? Because that'll be a year since it came out on PlayStation. Um, but we really don't know too much about like what else as far as release dates go for everything they have working on. They have so many irons in the fire and so many different things that are being done that I think this could be like a really, really big showcase um, for kind of everything they have going on. And if you want to be or are wondering if you should be excited about being an Xbox or PC gamer, I, I think that they're going to answer that question pretty definitively with this showcase. I, 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 I every year I feel like we're like, okay, this is Xbox years to shine. This is Xbox years <laughs> to shine. Like I, with everything that they has been announced or leaked or considered, like I really think we're at that tipping point for them where these studio acquisitions are going to start to really start paying their dividends in the next 12 to 18 months. Right. Um, which means we're going to start seeing these things like this summer. Um, so I think they're going to be in really, really good shape. I, I do think, I think they have to say something about Halo. I, I think they have to say something. <laughs> do they? <laughs> I do. I think they have to. I think they like, can you imagine if they go through that entire showcase and never talk about Halo? Yeah. I kind of hope they don't even but it's bring supposed it to be this ongoing, <laughs> continuing thing, Josh. Know, it's not like done, right? Like they have I to know. talk about it. I'm just a bitter Halo fan. <laughs> I know. Uh, and obviously, you know, Forza Horizon DLC. Um, do you think that they're going to push that? Because Motorsport's right around the corner, isn't it? Or is Motorsport yeah, farther out? I think they'll show both. It it's for two different okay. audiences. Horizon is not like I. I'm not a Forza Motorsport guy. But there, I mean, there. The, that Venn diagram has some overlap, right? Oh, 100. There's definitely people okay. who will love both, but. Um, I think that it would be unfair to ignore the arcade version and and not give yeah. them what they've been waiting for as well. Oh, because sure. uh, uh, I have no doubt Forza Motorsport is going to look incredible, but I have no uh, I I've tried. I, I just yeah. can't. It's no Project Gotham Racing. <laughs> yeah, I also think that there's been a lot of talk of you know how UB Plus was going to be available on Xbox. Like I have a feeling that if you're going to announce it being wrapped into game pass, like this is when you do it. So yeah, I think that could potentially happen as well. So I'm actually really excited about this showcase. I know, like I said, I'm not traditionally like the Xbox guy, but I am very excited about this showcase. And, and I think that there's a lot kind of, no matter what type of games you're into, that's one thing that Xbox is doing so well now with game pass and their partners, especially their indie partners, um, is really giving you like just about whatever type of game you're into. Um, there's something that's here for you. Uh, if they really want to be cheeky, I think this would be a really cool time for them to bring Gabe Newell on stage and talk about Game Pass working on Steam. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? <laughs> I, I'm just saying, if they want to get super cheeky, I think that'd be that'd be a thing. Or they like Half Life Three PC and Xbox exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about Game Pass on Steam Deck, but that could be fun too. I know. <laughs> so. Cool. Anything else, Josh, about this showcase? Are you excited about it? Any other thoughts on the this Xbox Bethesda showcase? Yeah, I'm excited always. Like I'm always excited for anyone's shows. I've just, you know, as a as a big Xbox fan, I always enjoy their shows. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm just excited for June to roll around and we finally get these game showcases. Yeah, I hear you. 
All right. Well, with that, we're going to kind of move towards wrapping up the show. So we're going to do a little prediction time here. Obviously, we typically record on Sundays, but today we're recording on Monday. So we're just going to make some predictions on what we think will happen the rest of this week still. So with that, Josh, what do you think is uh, going to be news later this week? Well, Microsoft already uh, announced it. Now it's PlayStation's turn. We're going to get a, we need to get a announcement for the state of play. I'm, I'm going to assume it's in June, but I think that we'll at least get the announcement of like, stay tuned for like world premiere exclusive blah blahs like <laughs> PlayStation state of play is coming um, in June, May, June, or July. Like they might even try to jump the gun and get out in May. I don't know. They definitely have things that they're holding on to, right? There's oh, no question about yeah. that. So, for sure, uh, for sure. I think that Sony announces something. Okay, Sony announces something. Uh, for me, I am going to go with, you know, kind of some big news has already happened this week. So, I'm going to go, I think Nintendo is going to na- announce a Nintendo Direct for it'll be towards the end of this week and they're going to have a nintendo direct might be like an indie showcase but for yeah. next week that's what i'm going to go yep that's what it is they're going to announce an indie showcase for next week that's what okay I'm going that sounds good all right josh do we have any uh emails this week <laughs> well we got a response from uh our listener joe who ranked his uh seasons just in some weird way uh summer winter fall spring <laughs> summer, winter fall spring hey you know what though I can appreciate that. Summer is a definitive season. Winter is a definitive season. Fall and spring don't know what they're doing. So I can appreciate that. You just know what you're getting every day. There you go. And I'm judging you, Joe. Um, <laughs> but Kyle's in your corner. Paul, we do have a Calico corner. I'll, I'll do this quickly. He does say hello to everyone. Uh, he sympathizes with me on my COVID nonsense that I'm going through. Uh he hasn't really been hearing a lot about it lately. He's in Texas, so like, what are they? They're like, oh, they're COVID deniers down there, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Kidding. Uh, kind of. Uh, <laughs> uh, he's just get, sending me some support. And I appreciate that, Paul. Thank you very much. He, he encourages me to start selling those antibodies. So, yeah. So, I'll start looking to get some plasma out there because I could use the money. <laughs> okay. Uh, Paul does rank his holidays as well. Fall, winter, spring, and then summer because, well, he's in Texas. <laughs> so that yeah, makes okay, sense that to I me. Can appreciate. Yeah, I can appreciate that. Uh, he did go back through Guardians of Playing Easy and had a great time. I appreciate that. Making different choices. He's also enjoying the Halo TV show, uh, but he didn't pay attention to the story while playing the games, which I get that. Like, it's a little convoluted. But the last Halo he played was Reach. Uh, he also agrees the Batman, the Batman is super different. And he is going to watch that deleted scene, as I recommended people do. Those are our correspondence Excellent. for the week. Awesome. Well, obviously, if, listener, if you want to reach out to us at Board of the Fiji on Twitter or Board of the Fiji at gmail.com, we'd love to have you be part of the show. With that, we're going to give you our recommendations for a well-rounded life. Obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we want to give you one other thing we're currently into that's helping us live that balanced life. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? Hey, well, I'm finally getting around to what everyone else has been talking about forever. And I'll tell you one thing. If you're get if you got the COVID blues and <laughs> you don't feel like doing much besides laying down and feeling horrible, Ted Lasso's really gonna make you feel good about everything in your life. Uh 
I, not in your life. She's just going to make you feel good in general. Um, I'm finally just like, there's only two seasons out, right? Yeah, two seasons. So They're I got to be pretty, season three now. I got to be pretty close to finishing up season two, which is going to really be a big bummer. I'll probably just start watching it again. Um, I've professed my love for Bill Lawrence TV shows before. Mm-hmm. From Scrubs to Undateable, I skipped Cougar Town. I'm not sure if he did anything else in between. <laughs> um, but he seems to be a genius with music and with writing in general and directing. Uh, what can I say about Ted Lasso? Uh, if you're not even interested in the soccer coach idea, you don't need to be. It is obviously a big part of the show, but it is also not. You're not relying on it. Um, what's I don't even know the right way to describe it. Ted Lasso is a show that is just 100% good. And yeah. I don't mean it as in like, like quality good. I mean like it is about a good person who just does good things even when sometimes bad things happen to him. It is about how good people can be especially in the face of like challenges and diversity and not, I don't mean diversity as far as race goes because uh, he's a white male. So like he doesn't face too much right. diversity in that aspect. Um, it's just a show written about being the best, kindest person someone can be. And then it's natural to this person. It's not mm-hmm. a struggle. It is just, that one in a million person who you kind of wish everyone could be that person. Uh, it's aspiring. It's inspiring. It's just, just a genuine delight to watch each episode. And in fact, I've been going a little slow because I don't want it to be over. (laughs) And I know I'm like, like I just watched a Christmas episode and man, if that wasn't like the best Christmas episode of a TV show I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, I don't know what is. It's just yeah. so delightful. So um yeah, just watch Ted Lasso. Even if you have no interest, give give it give it two episodes. Uh I challenge you to not fall in love with Ted Lasso. <laughs> Do you believe and that's goes? my recommendation? I think it's more important they believe in themselves. Uh, man, Ted Lasso is so good. Oh, that show is just it is absolutely spectacular. It it really is something else. Oh, I echo Josh's sentiment 100%. Um, my recommendation is something very different than Ted Lasso. But if you are just ever... Led okay. Tasso. Led Tasso. That's, yes, that's right. How long was I out for? Anyway, um, one thing when it comes to documentaries that I always appreciate about them is it's people who are or one type of documentary I enjoy is people who are really really good at something doing that thing right that's yeah. a type of documentary I really enjoy and this is not a documentary but a youtube channel about something I have no desire to do myself but I'm very very fascinated by their ability to do it and it is wristwatch revival which oh. is actually um Marshall Sutcliffe is the person who does the channel and Marshall actually is a huge Magic the Gathering personality. He does Nerd. a magic podcast. Like he's <laughs> super into the magic world. Like I didn't even know he had this other thing that he did until recently. Uh, but it is him spending, you know, 45 minutes to an hour like of taking apart watches from the 50s and 60s 
cleaning them all, fixing them all up, putting them all back together to get them to run again. And when I say taking apart, I'm talking about takes apart every screw, every gear, takes every little thing out of the watch, cleans it all, puts it all back together, lubricates it, does all that stuff. And for whatever reason, it is fascinating to watch. And what is really kind of mind-blowing is as he's doing this, he talks about how he just does this for a hobby, that he's not a professional. Well, by golly, he sure seems like a professional while he's doing this um, because like literally, you know, he's taking apart these watches that have dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of pieces with no map about how to put them back together. Yeah. And then he just puts them all back together. Uh, but sometimes he messes up. But and he shows you when he does like it's it's really kind of cool to watch. So if you and his voice is just like, oh, man, his, he's got one of them voices that you're like, you should do podcasts. And he does. Uh, but uh, <laughs> if you're looking to if you're interested in watches at all, but even if you're not, if you just want to see someone who's really really good at what they do and obviously very passionate about it check out wristwatch revival on youtube nice with that josh what do you say we wrap this show up thanks for joining us everyone in addition to finding us on twitter and instagram at board of the fiji you can find us on facebook at facebook.com slash board of fiji so feel free to give us a five-star rating over there also if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media please feel free to email us at board of fiji at gmail.com we tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji. So please feel free to use a hashtag as well on all social media and whatever podcast service you're listening to us on. We encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is whether you're downloading us from the Dice Tower Network feed or our very own standalone board with video games feed. Uh, you can find me online at YSO Series. That's S-I-R-R-I-U-S on pretty much uh, anything. Uh that you can connect with me on. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places, Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. As always, if you have suggestions for future topics, be sure to reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming. Josh, sounds like Rost. I just wanted to uh, send you a little message. I believe you've known each other for quite some time, but you've never met in person. Well, as an outsider, I understand that. But keep training. Keep focused on each other. Have each other's backs. And keep broadcasting that podcast. You're doing God's work. All right, guys. Take care of yourselves. Best of luck. Rost. <laughs>